0: You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, I'm so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh my mama, oh my mama, Megan, man, my anything's possible! Rainy
1: days, jumps out, fade away. This is the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it every night about it. A real C's fan wouldn't want to live their life without it.
0: Banner 18 in the making, we gotta make it. Best squad in the East and still we can't get complacent. Most winning franchise, so the history's ancient. You can tell them other guys are going plan a vacation. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King. Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring. The most in-depth coverage that you ever gonna hear. Well-respected in a city like Russell's career. It's Rain and Jay. Millie. Marcus brings, uh, and Danes, they bring such uh, a level of grit to our group. And I think that I wanted to see um, what that would look like with Marcus in the starting lineup. You know, we won't be settled on a starting lineup until forever. Coach Stevens, after the game, talking about starting Marcus Smart. A little bit of a surprise in this one. Marcus Morris and Marcus Smart get Marcus Morris, senior. Sorry, got to get that senior in there. Getting the start, a little bit of a surprise, Jalen Brown out with that sore back after that fall in the Dallas game. Marcus Smart starting, making an instant impact. The Celtics win and look like the Celtics that we expected, beating the Pelicans 124-107 in New Orleans. Looking great, and we're here to talk about it. John Corrales, Sam Jam Packard, Samuel Jamison Packard third, if I may. Yeah,
1: getting those names correct.
0: Come on. We've got to make sure we get that all in there. So, lots to get here. Uh, The the offense, really interesting stuff. Defense really playing well. Uh, Later on, we'll talk about Kyrie being sloppy. An interesting Kyrie game tonight. Uh, Gordon Hayward... A lot of people uh, – a lot of reaction to Gordon Hayward's game on Twitter, so we'll talk about that in a little while. Oh, I got a spicy hot
1: take coming up in segment two with Gordon Hayward.
0: Lots of spice. Speaking of spice, it's Taco Tuesday. We'll get to your tweets, the junk drawer, and Taco Tuesday in the last segment of the show. So diving into this, Marcus Smart, Marcus Morris Sr. injecting this energy, and those are the two guys, Sam – all year long. Those are the two guys that have been consistent at least with their effort. And Marcus Morris has been the probably most consistently good player for for the Celtics uh, outside of Kyrie and even I, I think even Morris has had fewer bad games than Kyrie. So interesting that Brad Stevens went with those two guys in the lineup and it worked out very very well. Their energy and, and their effort is, is what we've been talking about for all of these podcasts. Energy and effort have been the Celtics' biggest problem. Those two guys go in there, start, and suddenly that energy and effort level ramps up, and they go off to a huge first quarter, winning the first quarter 34-21. to 21.
1: Yeah, I think the biggest impact was on the defensive end, and we saw it especially there in the first quarter. The Celtics uh, forced the Pelicans into, I think it was eight turnovers, and they got, um, I think it was 18 fast-break points they were really flying in transition and i think that was one with marcus smart being the the main uh defender on the ball uh it just creates more deflections more uh, aggression on that ball handler and that also allows kyrie to kind of play um more of a free safety on the weak side he had some did some nice jobs uh kind of sliding in uh making some steals yeah i think he had three uh three of his five steals actually came early but yeah it was it was all generated on the defensive end where um, it was twenty-two to nine a, after six minutes, and it was uh, they already had created seven turnovers by the Pelicans, and uh they did that they created the turnovers, but then they were, did a great job of running the floor. Al Horford uh, specifically, um he got some nice dunks in transition. Uh, he just felt Horford after we talked about him having some shaky performances, he felt uh, a lot more active, uh, especially in the offense tonight, uh, rolling to the rim more. Normally he's been or early in the season, he's doing a lot of just pick and popping, but tonight. Uh, I thought with him rolling to the rim, it created more movement and more option, and he had 12 points in the first quarter. Um, but I really like the decision to start Marcus Smart. Uh, he is, we've mentioned time and time again, the heart and soul of this team. If you, if you need energy boost, if you need someone to hold everyone accountable, it's going to be Marcus Smart, and he just brought it tonight. Um, and we saw that on the defensive end. On the, on the offensive end, I like him as a point guard because, it allows the Celtics to do something, uh, an interesting wrinkle, which is kind of play Kyrie Irving off the ball, um, which they went to early, and I just think it's a, a nice change of pace. We saw Kyrie doing some uh, some things later, where he was actually the uh, the screener, but switching up the looks uh, and just changing up the offense, I thought it uh, was effective, just because they got the the ball moving more, they got Kyrie the ball while like on the catch or while he was moving, which is just. It's always good for the Celtics but the energy was there. The pace of this game was insane. Like this, this was I don't know if it was just Kyle Draper's excitement or is just like the actual <laughs> pace of the game, but this was crazy. This was like felt like the
0: fastest game they've played all year. The Celtics put up 97 shots in this game. That's a lot of shots for for any team to take 97 shots. And it's, it's perfect. I love when they take all of those shots. It means that they're, first of all, it means that they're defending. You don't put up 97 shots without defending. You have to get steals and baskets uh, in a hurry to get up that many shots. Uh, and it just, it just means that they're, they're really working the offense and getting good looks. So that, that was great. Uh, getting Kyrie off ball, I think was a very, very, Part of why they start Marcus Smart, aside from the energy and all of that stuff that we talked about, you start Marcus Smart because you start Kyrie off the ball because Drew Holiday is defending Kyrie Irving, and the Holiday-Irving matchup was when I wrote up my preview on my Patreon, patreon.com slash John Corrales, by the way, just 2 bucks a month. When I wrote up that preview, that was the, the matchup I focused on. I thought that was the biggest one because Drew Holiday is a really, really good defender. And the way they used Kyrie, getting him off the ball and running pick and roll with Marcus Smart, running pick and roll with Gordon Hayward when he was out there forced, they, they ended up switching. They were switching all of their picks. So that means Kyrie, all of a sudden, gets the ball with a live dribble and not Drew Holiday in front of him, which is a a big deal because now Kyrie can go do what he needs to do. So I think that was a a kind of a brilliant wrinkle. On top of adding that energy, you add that. And uh, and to that point, not just that with the the two-guard pick-and-roll, it was whomever Miritich was guarding is they started the the – Kyrie, Mook pick and rolls, and they were just attacking Miritich. Now, Miritich had a huge stretch in the second quarter where he had like 19 points in the second quarter, I think it was. But that was almost, in fact, let me call up the second quarter numbers because I don't know how much of a positive he really was when he scored 19 points when he was out there. He was only a plus four which tells you something. The guy who scored 19 points was seven of nine was only a plus four because he was targeted over and over again by the Celtics on defense. And they just scored basically every time that he was, that, that they got him in the switch.
1: Yeah. Miritich giveth and Miritich taketh away. I, I predicted pregame you, I was trying to find the uh, a random player who would murder the <laughs> Celtics. And originally I went with each one more, but Miritich was the, uh, the obvious choice. And he was, he was insane in that second quarter, and really the only reason that the the Pelicans were able to kind of get back in the game. But you're right, they were, anytime he was on the floor, they were attacking him um, in the pick-and-roll, which makes sense because your other pick-and-roll option is Anthony Davis, and so you're going to want to try to get him out of the play. But he was not, He I think Miritich finished the game minus 12, and so despite his 25 points and that 19-point uh, second quarter was not... Not the greatest out there, but I just thought the Celtics did a, a much better job of, of attacking and getting into the paint and then not generating three pointers. I mean, I like the pace that is something I come back to because it felt like they were that like they went that pace because that's the pace the Pelicans played. Um, but I think the Celtics need to do more to dictate playing that pace themselves. And I don't know if that's just creating more stops, but, um, it feels like it really forces them to play with more purpose to get into their actions quicker. Uh, to do everything just with more effort. Um, And at some points, I think the pace kind of hurt them. In the second quarter and third quarter, uh, Kyrie especially, they got real sloppy with the ball and started turning the ball over. Um, But I think the pace really helps their offense and allows them to put up as many shots as you said and put up. What did they take, 53s or 43s? But they went 19 for 39 from deep. Like the Celtics offense is, I think, at its best when they are chucking threes. Not necessarily bad threes, but that means that the ball is moving around and they're getting open looks. And so when they're get, I think this is the first time or the third time I just saw Grandy tweet this out. They've taken as many, this many threes or made 19 threes this season. I think that's when their offense is at the best. So whatever they can do to push the pace, I think is the best recipe for su- success in the Celtics offense. I don't know if that's just – it's entirely based on getting stops and turnovers on the defensive end, but they need to run. I, I thought it was just the their offense is predicated on getting into the offense as fast as possible and playing with base.
0: Yeah, look, whatever they need to do, it, it, it all starts to, with the defense, uh, and I think the defense – they did a great job – defensively tonight forcing the the Pelicans to uh, first of all Pelicans were sloppy it, it's like the Pelicans are actually playing like the Celtics were ha, have been playing which is nice it's it, kind of interesting to see how life is on the other side to get that pace up you you have to get the Steals and they did a great job sending help where when uh New Orleans wasn't expecting it getting into the passing lanes they rotated well Scal had a, a comment in the game where he says they're not over committing, which is a real important point to make because the Celtics have a horrible habit of over committing. And what that does is it takes the defender out of the play for two, three seconds, because you're really selling out hard on a closeout. You're really selling out hard on a double team that either goes too early or is too aggressive and allows a guy to pass out of it. And when that happens you, you put the rest of your team at a disadvantage because they've got a cover for you and now their guy is, is uncovered and that gives up easy baskets. The Celtics didn't do a lot of that tonight. They did it sometimes, but they didn't do a lot of that. And when they rotated well there were a ton, a ton, a ton of steals where just the the ball was thrown almost directly towards them. And they ran out and they finished.
1: Anytime Drew Holiday went baseline, it felt like he just threw it to a Celtics player directly, um, and I don't know if it was just the Celtics doing a good job of collapsing, but it was it was a not a great performance for the for the Pelicans who, when they were in their bad stretches, were really really sloppy with the basketball,
0: very but very sloppy. Twenty two turnovers. For 32 points, 32 Celtics points, 22 turnovers is just a disgusting number. 32 points off of turnovers is it's just an insane... I mean, when when you lose by... What was the final score again? When they lose by 17, uh, to give up 32 points off of turnovers, there's your game right there. So, uh, even if you cut that in half, it's still a one-point game. Uh, so... Uh, I, I think the, the the live ball turnovers were really part of part of the issue. The Celtics did a great job forcing those live ball turnovers. So that's the offense, that's the defense. We're going to take a short break before we get into some more specifics here. Uh, before we do that, uh, I want to remind all you football fans, it's the whole Lockdown NFL side to all of this. Patriots fans, which a lot of you are if you're Celtics fans, there's a Lockdown Patriots podcast. Patriots just got a, a big win off of the bye week over the Jets. So go listen to Mark Schofield on Lockdown Patriots to get all of your information, your breakdowns and stuff like that. Daily podcast on the Patriots. If you're not a Patriots fan, just whatever team, Lockdown, whatever your favorite team is, search for them wherever you found us. Okay. Kyrie tonight, uh, we talked a little bit about it. One of the things that was real interesting, he was uncharacteristically sloppy with the ball where he had six turnovers. I believe it was six turnovers on the night, but he also had five steals and you said, like you said before, three of them came in the first quarter. But he, he was really working hard defensively. He really really was very active defensively. Uh, but the 26 points on 10 of 22 shooting, 5 of 10 from 3, 10 assists, uh, a big assist game. And I, I knew that Kyrie was going to have to come in and set his guys up. And Mannix was talking about it after the game a little bit. Kyrie coming in and being a little bit more of a distributor first, I think, has got to be the focus. Coming in and... Just using his abilities to draw defenses and yeah, he's going to shoot. Obviously he's going to shoot early, but he needs to focus a little bit more on the passing early and then get, get, take enough shots for him to, to get in rhythm, get comfortable. But when you're as good as Kyrie Irving, you can kind of get comfortable quickly. I think setting the other guys up is important and if, if you can do that, then the rest of the offense flows off of that. Kyrie had four of his 10 assists in the first quarter. And I don't think that's a surprise that Al Horford got a lot of these shots. You know, he had 12 first quarter points. There's a reason why Al Horford got going. It's He was set up a lot by Kyrie Irving, the drive and kicks. Uh, that, really important for Kyrie to set these guys up. And uh, I thought, despite the sloppiness... I I think the strategy with Kyrie tonight was really good.
1: No, I think Kyrie was, uh, he was decent at picking his spots. Uh, there was two points in the game where I thought he really kind of took over offensively. And I thought they were key points. Um, in the third quarter, the, the, uh, Pelicans were able to go on like a, a decent run. Um, is it was against the bench, um, and they cut the game to nine. Um, Tatum had that, uh, great uh he got basically got burned to the basket by each Moore, but had a great go-go gadget arms block um, and it resulted in a timeout so they're up they're basically up nine it was the uh, the Pelicans were playing pretty well and then Kyrie comes back in um out of the timeout he, he does a great job to get the defender on his hip draws an and one um and then the next time down he has a uh, I think it was just an fu3 um but that's <laughs> yes that stretch right there um I thought it was important they brought Baines in uh, and that's when Baines went, uh, it was Baines, Horford, Tatum, Kyrie and Rozier. And I thought it was interesting that the Celtics went, um, big there. And I thought it really helped their defense. They were able to create like, uh, three or four turnovers right in a row. So with Kyrie playing off those turnovers, uh, they were able to go on a nine Oh run and really pushed the game back up to around, uh, I think it was 80 to, to 60 at that point. Uh, but I thought Kyrie Irving did a good job of, of coming in and kind of controlling the game getting the defender on his hip and then, um, I mean, I'm going to live with all the fuck you Kyrie threes because there's sometimes he can make them. <laughs> he made one five feet behind the, uh, behind the arc today. And I think it was in the first quarter, but uh, and then the second point of the game uh, is when they hit, the team, hit those, uh, the four threes in a row.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, it got down to an eight point game. And uh, again, it was, uh, we saw kind of Kyrie uh, off the ball with Marcus smart in the game, but, it was a pick and pop play with Kyrie Irving drawing all the attention out to Horford, who made a three. And my God, is Al Horford making threes? Just a mwah,
0: fantastic <laughs> sight to see. So nice.
1: But then the next possession down, Horford sends, sends like a very great screen for Kyrie right at the top of the key at the three. And he comes around, and nails it. Um, and then the next time down, because Kyrie has generated all this attention, he gets into the lane and finds Horford wide open in the corner. Um, and then. The next was uh, a Marcus Smart, Gordon Hayward, uh, and was pretty much the only good thing Gordon Hayward did this game. But I thought he, Kyrie, really controlled, uh dictated the pace and did a lot, of, like imposed his will. They are uh, finding Horford for two open threes, but really all the attention was on him. Um, so I thought in those two stretches, those were when the Celtics were able to, when it got close, re-extend the lead. And that's something we haven't seen them do. I, I kept on saying, oh, they're going to blow this game. The Celtics have beaten me down so much that I'm now just trying to change my expectations that they're going to lose. Um, but when they got close, I thought Kyrie Irving was the the main difference maker, kind of leading them back to kind of extend the lead so they could uh, just put this game away.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, just Kyrie at the end in the fourth quarter did what Kyrie does in the fourth quarter. His fourth quarter numbers – 10 points, four of seven, two of three from three, couple of assists. A uh, couple of those two assists were on those threes. So, uh, how,
1: oh, I got another stretch where Kyrie dominated. Uh, four minutes left. Brad calls a timeout. They're only up seven. Brilliant ATL. Kyrie hits an open three. Yep. Um, and then we had, they were kind of exchanging baskets there, but he had a, the insane fadeaway, uh, against, uh, Anthony Davis, which it's a, only a Kyrie shot that he can make, but he's a, I think that uh, oh, that was right before the uh, Tatum give and go dunk to put them up, uh, put them up 17 and basically put them up to good. But I thought he was just in the fourth quarter. He, it might have not had the like the biggest performance in terms of points, but I thought like when it was when they needed a bucket, they went to Kyrie and his and uh, his playmaking.
0: Yeah, that so okay. So Kyrie had the great game. Okay, now Gordon Hayward. We mentioned Gordon Hayward. Let's talk about Gordon Hayward because everybody wants to know our take people tweeting throughout the game. You know, what do you think about Hayward? He wasn't getting a lot of minutes, 15 minutes going into the fourth quarter. So uh, Hayward came in in the second quarter, uh, we late in the first and, and just didn't, it didn't go well. The Celtics, that's when they started to struggle. Uh, Hayward was a minus eight on the night. Uh, his numbers, not great. Okay. Five points, four assists, four rebounds. Uh, a steal and a block, but, but okay. So I'm going to do the positive, and you're going okay because I got I got I some I got
1: some got negative takes.
0: I and I, I know you're you got the negative handled, so I'll I'll focus on the positive. the The positive sides are well, he had the steal and a dunk, which was nice. That's a positive. Anytime he gets that steal and a breakaway dunk, that's nice to see. Uh, they ran this play. I, I counted like four or five times where it's a horn set. And for people who don't know, the horn set is two guys set up on either, basically each end of the foul line. And Terry Rozier, or the point guard brings it up and Hayward kind of sort of seals off his guy on the, the left, left uh, elbow. And they run action off. They a bunch of different actions. So Rozier would dump it into, Hayward, and then like Marcus Morris would set the pick for Rozier, and Hayward would hit him with a little pass and get an open three. There was a chance for him to get a layup, which he missed. Uh, he, he had a, a few assists off of that play, and they ran it a bunch. And I think that was a good set for them to run, a good use of Hayward, a good use of his passing, and I thought that worked well. So a lot of that maybe didn't show up in the in the box score he did some positive things now it wasn't all positive i'm not going to pretend it was all positive that's me seeking out the positives in a big pile of negatives so take it away jam i i thought he
1: was he was bad i think he was i thought he had a worse game than Yabu, and yabu had a a terrible game we saw yabu in the first quarter and just immediately picks up two fouls and uh wasn't great but I also don't know what Hayward's – he really can't get to the rim. He had a one just terrible uh, layup attempt. He had three turnovers tonight. He was definitely – after Kyrie was part of the the sloppiness. At one point, he just threw it to to no one. I I think he was trying to – expecting Baines to be there. But it's just the offense really slows down uh, when he's on the court. And I just – tonight, I just didn't think he really brought that much of a – of anything, I thought, like, I was surprised that he got the number of minutes that he did uh, in the fourth quarter. Um, I was more expecting Brad to, to bench him. I guess it's harder with the depth uh, with Jalen out um, to kind of just bench one of your rotation players uh, like we've seen Brad do when the when the team's at full strength. But I just didn't think he gave them really anything great for the entire night except for that made three in the corner at the end. Uh, but,
0: oh, see, That was a nice positive.
1: Yeah, I was a positive. I'm gonna shit on the dunk though. I like everyone's like, "Oh, Hay- Hayward dunked it." I thought it was like he didn't look explosive at all. That looked like a very uh, basic dunk to me. And here's here's what the hot take that I thought of. What about sending Gordon Hayward to the G League? No, no. Well, he's, no. He's, not, sir, he's he's not. He's he's a minus for the team now. If we're waiting for Gordon Hayward to be, get back to being Gordon Hayward again, no. have him play NBA basketball and uh, we- let Let's yeah. see if he can even at least dominate the G League. No. We're giving him all these minutes when he's not even proven that he's uh, back. Uh,
0: the best, the Celtics' best lineup right now has Gordon Hayward in it. It's uh, it's Kyrie Hayward, uh, Tatum, Morris, and Horford, and they're like a plus forty something. So he's he's not that bad. It, look, he needs to he needs to figure it out. There's no doubt about it. There's there's certainly some of it that's mental. He he made that mistake. I think it was the. Maybe it was that pass that you are talking about, and Brad Stevens is yelling, "Get back, get back!" And Gordon Hayward was kind of like sulking, and he didn't get back, and it cost them on the other end. That's bad. That's bad. That's I'm not going to pretend that Gordon Hayward has is is great at at all here, but you you gotta you gotta get him. Used to this NBA speed, you got to get them out there against NBA players. The G League is no approximation of NBA basketball at all.
1: It's close, it's the closest league we have.
0: It's well, it's but it's not, it's not close. It's really, really not close. You remember how many shitty players the Celtics have had that go down there and dominate the G League. Uh, no. no, 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 no. But maybe that's no. what he needs for his confidence to just dominate in the like, basketball game. You t- like- no, you're not going to send this guy at this point down to the G League. It's, that's the last thing you're going to do for his confidence. you would be like, ah, you know, you're not cutting it. We're 21 games into the season. And you're going to say, you know what? We're going to send you down to, to the G League. He's going to be like, D- no. No. But first of all, I don't even know what. The, let, me, let me even look at the rules because I like, can you send a max guy to the G League? I, I don't know that he, he like he has to agree to it. He has. I think he has to agree to it.
1: So, well, if, but, if Robot Father Brad tells him to go to the G League, he's going to go to the G League. But in terms of the minutes, like not going to happen. So. Smart Smart played forty minutes tonight, which is not. I don't think we've seen a Celtic play forty minutes uh, in a non overtime game this entire season and Hayward had 23 and I just thought it was smart was much more effective. I think like we talk about that intensity when, where has Gordon Hayward displayed like intensity uh, or like the commitment that we we were talking about. I just, if Gordon Hayward's going to be on the NBA roster, then you're going to like expect to give him minutes because you want to develop him. You wanted to him to get back to that, um, that kind of all-star potential. But if it, that comes at not playing Marcus smart for close to 30 minutes a game or, not playing Jalen Brown thirty minutes a game, if that, is he hurting the team at that
0: point? Look, let's let's back off a little bit here. He, it's not like he's he's sucked completely in in this. It's comeback. not like he's been not, good. Look, he was he was instrumental in the Milwaukee win. He was instrumental in the Toronto win. He was he, he's had games where he's done. Well, he's had games where he's done good things like beyond his scoring assist-wise, he's rebounding, he, he facilitating, he it's it's not like he's coming back from this injury. He's trying to assimilate. We all know this stuff. You just got to give him the time. And he played 24 minutes tonight. Like that that's fine. He hit, he hit that shot, at, a clutch shot at the end. The ball's starting to go through for him a little bit. The, I, I'm, I'm just, I don't want to pin this on him. He, like I said before, he's in one of the Celtics' best lineups. He's done good things so far. He's up and down. He's inconsistent, and he he's clearly not where he wants to be, and he's getting frustrated with that. But let's not go crazy here. I made. I, I told you it was a hot take. It was. It's a scorching hot take. For once, I will say this. For once, you came up with a hot take that was a legit hot take.
1: I almost, I like, the more I talked about it, the more I believed it. You really fed into yourself there. <laughs> he needs. To, he just needs to be more consistent. I thought
0: he had a good game against the no Hawks. Oh, shit. I think he wants to be more consistent. You think he wants to play like this? I don't deal. think it's a matter of want. He's, he, like, we got to, he's just got to. He's just got to keep going man he, you just gotta let him keep chopping that tree man you just that,
1: that you know where they got a lot of trees in Portland Maine uh, you go send them to my main man Rick Freeman he'll he'll send them straight yeah
0: okay that's now it's never happening I can't believe we've dedicated this much time to something it's just never even gonna happen so all right let's uh <laughs> let's take a short break before we come back with tweets the junk drawer I think that qualified for a junk drawer and the taco Tuesday. Uh, reminder though Lockdown NBA Net has a awesome Twitter and Instagram feed On NBA Net on Instagram is segments from other podcasts so in the stories you get little 15 second snippets on the feed you've got longer chunks of podcasts. so check that out follow them on Instagram you get to check out other podcasts and sample and see which other podcasts you might want to listen to full episodes of on Twitter it's a curated feed from all the On NBA hosts all of us on the, across the network. So it's the best of the best. You basically follow them. And then you're following all of us and you get the best tweets from around the NBA. It's great on game nights, locked on NBA net on Twitter and on Instagram. All right, let's hit the old tweets under the rain. And Jay's hashtag, uh, at live green or die. I don't want to jinx it, but I've liked how the Celtics have played the last three games. I think they're going to figure it what? out in December. Now, did you watch the Mavericks game? Yeah, I, I, I'm not 100 percent sure about this. Uh, the Mavericks game part of it, but they, they look at least they had chances to win that Mavericks game. So, fine, fine. I'll give it to them. The Hawks game was a blowout. This game was a very good game. So, look, the Celtics have three days off now. Then you got Cleveland. Cleveland, they should beat Cleveland, although Cleveland just just had a couple of big wins. Minnesota.
1: Cleveland controls the East, man. I don't know if you heard, but the East still goes through them.
0: Then back-to-back, they go to Minnesota. That's going to be a tough game. Then they have four nights off. Chicago. uh, I'm sorry, the Knicks, Chicago, hosting the Pelicans again. The Wizards, Atlanta, Detroit, Phoenix, Milwaukee, Charlotte, Philly, Houston, Memphis. So it gets tough at the end. The uh, Milwaukee game is going to be tough, but there are a lot of winnable games in December. So I will say there's something to it. There's they they could have a pretty good month. So we'll leave it at that. Thoughts?
1: I mean i I think they're we've talked about the schedule and they they should have uh, the opportunity to roll off some wins here. I think that they keep the keep chucking those threes and keep the pace up. They should have a good chance. Um, but I don't know. We, we thought they would beat the Knicks. We thought they would beat the magic. I I, I can't count kids. It's like the idea of just like going through the schedule before that happens and projecting wins is a, as a cockamamie thing to do. It's
0: a horrible idea. And no one should ever do it Uh, at funky underscore Celtics. Love cuts to the rim. Hashtag Tatum dunk. Uh, Look, whenever, uh, whenever Al Horford has the ball, you cut, you're going to score. I tweeted out, if I was an NBA player and Al Horford was on my team, every time he got the ball, either in the post or facing up, or whatever, I would just find a way to cut. Just get my cut, and he will find you. There was a great backdoor cut with Terry Rozier uh, at one point in this game. I think it was in the third quarter. That uh, was just – it was beautiful. The Celtics are backdoor cuts. They, they I think, had three or four in this. They – they, I, I wrote the piece the other day. God, I wish I had my notes around here. I think they had three cuts all season going into the, the Mavericks game. And I counted three cuts in this one game. So they're doing some of the right things. So that's that. Uh, I, yeah.
1: No, we didn't even talk about Jason Tatum tonight, who I thought did a great job cutting. Yep. Um, especially at the end, you had that nice little give and go with Al Horford, but Tatum was dunking up a storm left and right. Uh, he was uh, dunk, like, doing a good job cutting, but then also just at one time he got an offensive rebound. He was just doing a great job of getting to the hoop. I think he finished with, what, 19 or 20 points? Um, he finished with 20 points, only hit two threes, but uh, a lot of those were just off, off dunks. And, yeah, cutting to the hoop, who knew? Who knew movement towards the basket would be resulting in good things?
0: I, I would just say, and I, I tweeted this out as well, uh, Jason Tatum's dunk at the end there was the – one of the prime kind of examples of what I was saying, I've been saying on this podcast about trust, trust that when you give up the ball, if everybody's doing the right thing, the ball will find the right guy. And Tatum could have in that situation, he took a couple of dribbles into a spot where he could have pulled up for a long two. And earlier in the season, he would have instead, he gave it up to Horford. He got himself free. And then he cut, And and Horford found him and he got there for the dunk. Now I think he pushed off a little bit, but I'll let that slide because it didn't get called. But the giving it up, letting things work, making the right play, you get rewarded. That's a great example of that. So uh, it was nice to see the Celtics actually doing that. And it just gives me so much hope, so much hope uh, for the future. Uh, Let's see. We did the thoughts on the limited Hayward minutes. Uh, Kevin Yates uh, at Sleeping Turtle. This summer, I thought Mook Morris might not get, even get many minutes. He's been one of the best players so far. Can we talk about Mook for like two minutes here?
1: Yes. Offensive boards, left and right. I think he had four tonight. Knocked down some big shots. There's some stretches there where they're running these uh, pick and roll, um, kind of a three man game with him, uh, Horford and uh, Kyrie. I thought he was he was great tonight. I, uh, uh, he was, just did a good job in the in the starting lineup and. Was, I thought, solid on defense, but the, the offensive rebounds, he finished with a double, double, 19 and 11 were, were huge. Uh, the Celtics actually did a damn good job on the offensive boards and I came up with 14 offensive rebounds, but I thought Mook, um, had a lot of energy there. And I thought Baines did a good job. Uh, he didn't get as many rebounds, but he drew some fouls and actually got, got to the line four times. But both of those guys combined, I thought just were, we're playing with the energy and the effort that we, uh, we expect. And Mook's been the most, probably one of, probably the most consistent Celtic from night to night.
0: Yeah, he has, really. Uh, I thought for sure coming into the season that he was a, a trade candidate. And no, not at all. He's He's been, like you said, the most consistent guy we've had. He's been great all season long. His passing has been phenomenal. Remember we joked when Marcus Morris would have an assist? Like, he had three assists tonight. He's been really working the ball. He hasn't gone into a ton of that ISO MOOC that we, you know, made fun of all last season, but he's been great. And him in the starting lineup with Marcus smart, I don't want to overreact to one game, but man, I liked what I saw. I liked what I saw. And I, am really liking the idea. Now, if you have Hayward and Brown coming in off the bench, that look, you need guys to, to, anchor that second unit and those two guys can do it. And I think Hayward, I know you just shit all over Hayward, but I think Hayward as the pseudo backup point guard. Now you have Hayward running the point and Rosier off ball, which works much better. in if he's going to get 20 some odd minutes a game, Jalen Brown against second units, getting a little bit more confidence that way. I don't know. I think, I think there's something there and, and I didn't want to touch Marcus Morris because I thought he was doing so great off the bench, but he's just having a great season, and it doesn't matter where he is, how he's being used, he he's just stepping up big. So uh, I don't know, after one after one game of of Mook and Smart in the starting lineup, I, I really really intrigued.
1: Yeah, and Marcus Morris is, I think, I, I mean, the whole team was shooting with confidence tonight, but he's like, anytime he takes a three, I kind of expect it to go in. Uh, but I think the best. Two great Mook moments tonight. One, he just he, end of shot clock. It was him versus Anthony Davis, and you knew he was shooting, and I thought it was going to get blocked, but not against Mook, not against Marcus Morris Senior. A sweet fadeaway again uh, against Anthony Davis, and then the best moment of the night is he got tricked on a pump fake by Miritich, and he fouled him, and then he kind of gave him that North Philly elbow a little bit, but yeah. he was very lucky enough to get called. But I like that's classic Mook right there.
0: That that was that was <laughs> he earned that foul. That was a good one. Uh, another uh, at Costello underscore Costello. Mook is getting real good money this off season. It won't be with Boston, which sucks, but I'm excited for it. Dude is an effing jet. Yeah, it, this is look. If if this is contract year, Morris, then fine. We'll take it like for now. We'll take it. I don't think he's coming back next season. I don't think the Celtics are going to spend that much money for him, but who knows at this point, I, I can't, I'm not going to be able to predict what's going to happen. I know the things I said earlier in the preseason are basically negated at this point. It's so hard to say what, um, what, what his future is going to be uh, at Luke at lit Luke 14. When Tatum plays a like Kobe, I want to waterboard myself and, he did get into that habit a little bit again tonight, but he's—I'm seeing less and less of it. I think. I no, think his his past
1: five him. games, he's been very good about attacking the rim, and that's not as Kobe. I mean, he's still going to have his Kobe moments because you know what—he can make those shots. I think he has like right. He has just has the ability to like knock down some fadeaways, and so you know what—if you have that ability, you're going to take them. But I, he has been. The kind of the storyline of him being uh, infiltrated by uh, super spy Kobe and ruining his shot selection, I think, has faded uh, over the last two weeks.
0: Because we've got superstar Brad uh, uh, making the right moves. Look, brain defender Brad Stevens. Look, let me tell you, the, he got pulled. Uh, Tatum got pulled in that third quarter. It was the Knicks game, right? Remember, we were sitting there. He took that took that ISO long two a minute and a half into the third quarter, and he got pulled. And that was a lesson. And it, it, it's tough in the NBA to do stuff like that because you can't kind of do that with, say, uh, Kyrie. Like, you you can't say – like, if Kyrie's going on a on a binge where he's a little too locked in and a little uh, on his own thing, you have to find a different way to get him the message uh, – or else, you know, you run a risk. And in, in, in the NBA, it's different than some some people who are listening are, are probably scoffing at that. But this is not high school. You just can't sit a guy and have there not be repercussions. This is you have to be careful with, with with you have to treat players differently. But with a second year guy like Tatum, coach can kind of tighten the reins, I guess. And he did that in that Knicks game, and I think that really sent a message that Tatum is, is understood. He gets it now, and he's he's definitely backing off. That it happens still sometimes, but it's it's slowly being kind of sapped out of him. So next summer, no workouts with Kobe. None of that. Stop that. We're we're going. Uh, all right. Let's. Uh, that, I think that's good for the Rain and Jays. Let's get to the Rain and Junk so we can do our tacos.
1: All right. Uh, a few tweets. This one from, um, one of our best Aussie fans, Tania Sundra, who's making her yearly pilgrimage to the United States. Uh, she said, added me and said, stop being a negative Nelly. It's not very growth mindset of you. Hashtag Kaizen, hashtag rainy junk. Um, yeah, fair enough. No, that's, uh, that's a fair critique from, uh, one of our be- uh, favorite listeners. Um, this is from at Chris DiFusco, Time Lord Dunk, the new victory cigar. Love it. I don't know. I, he better finish the year, uh, only having dunks. If he shoots the ball, I'm going to be so furious, but I'm glad he got a dunk. <laughs> what
0: if it's a three um, though? What if it's a three?
1: If oh, threes are dunks, threes are dunks. That's fine. <laughs> um, at funky Celtics, my wife asked me the, if the smoothie King center was a real name of the stadium or a joke, she doesn't think it's helping, uh, Anthony Davis make the decision to stay. Um, smoothie King center is a hilarious name. Um, if you're going to go for corporate advertising, go for the most absurd company there is. But there's no way he stays there. There were, that was an empty, empty stadium tonight. That's
0: insane. That's bad. I I don't know how you have Anthony Davis as your guy, and and you don't kind of. And the team's been okay. I mean, I know they're like ten and eleven now, and the but th- they
1: swept the playoff series last year. Like yeah. they should be filling up at least the lower bowl.
0: Yeah, they should be. They should be. It's a Monday night. And I know, look, I love New Orleans. New Orleans is a party city. But Monday night in New Orleans, go go watch a basketball game.
1: This is from at Touche Bagouche. If Semi gets the three part of his three and D game going, I think he can engage full old delay. Um <laughs> Strong agree. That's just a good tweet. This is from at Kevin Trost or Kevin T. Roast. I think it's Trost. The calendar must have been off in New Orleans. Thanksgiving was last week. Get it? They have a lot of turnovers, like the food. <laughs> if that's not raining junk, I don't know what is. Let me tell you, fine, sir. That was rainy junk. That's um, a lot of junk. Now get to mine. I have a lot, so I'm going to get through it quickly. Um, the Celtics are doing a good job of swearing in public. Jalen just swore in public to our own J. King. That's fa- that's fantastic. Tito Three Sticks, he was back. Marcus Smart's shooting what seems like 130% from three. Um Hey, here's some credit for Gordon Hayward. He had a cool behind-the-back block. Um, I got a text from a friend uh, saying his girlfriend said that Daniel Tice looks like a felon, and she was scared of his felonious issues. I thought that was good fun. Um, what's up with the shot clock problems? Um, cool pogo stick tricks at halftime. Um, the ad for whatever Dazn is, or D-A-Z-N, is just terrible, but it reminded me of the time I met Michael Buffer. And he was a nice guy. I, I brought him water once. I was a PA uh, on a little bare-knuckle boxing show, straight to pay-per-view, filmed in uh, New Hampshire. And Michael, they brought in Michael Buffer. He got his own room. Um, and I had to constantly bring in waters. But uh, that's what it reminds me of. Um, oh, my God. Terry Rozier almost murdered Jason Tatum on what would have been the coolest uh, alley-oop of the entire season. Uh, and the only, thing, the only person who was more frustrated by it than Jason Tatum and you right now was Kyle Draper. <laughs> uh, he was amped up. I'm, I'm, liking Drapes on the broadcast. It's, I mean, he's no Mike Gorman because no one is, but like, he calls it in a very exciting fashion. I, I can't tell if it was the frantic pace of this game or just Drapes getting excited, but uh, that was good stuff. Uh, classic Tim Frazier He looks like the Smack Frog. Um, and uh, Robert uh, Time Lord getting, getting to play in his home state of Louisiana gets the dunk. Um, that's just a good way to end Rating Junk.
0: That's I love it. Okay. Uh, quickly, it's a Taco Tuesday. So let's, for those people who are new to the podcast, Taco Tuesday is our weekly award segment. We started out a couple years ago with the Mystery Machine. Jalen Brown either bought or took a picture next to what looked like the Mystery Machine. So we put our Players of the Week in the Mystery Machine. Last year, with Aaron Bain's arrival, we put him up. Uh, put people on Aaron Bain's big Australian boat. And
1: well, year, Aaron Baines said he wanted to live on a houseboat. That's right. That's why, that's why we did it.
0: That's why we did it. And then this important. year, it's important clarification for sure. This year, Jason Tatum keeps taking Instagram story photos with tacos that have an absurd amount of cheese on them. So we have now basically – Well, put, he calls himself
1: Taco Jay. Right. He, he, he says Taco Jay is back and then um, empties – three and a half bags of craft shredded Mexican cheese onto his hard shell taco.
0: Yeah. Which I think he's just doing this for effect at this point. So, but so he's taco J and now we are handing out tacos and it's a taco truck. So that's where we are. So this week, uh, who do we have on a taco truck? I think we can all agree. Like Kyrie is
1: a, Kyrie a permanent fixture on the taco tr- truck.
0: I, right. I think that's a, a pretty fair way to put that. Um, uh, I know you want to put Gordon Hayward on the taco truck. I just think he
1: just misses. I uh, mean, it maybe if it's parked in Portland
0: Harbor. Uh, nice. Nice. <laughs> no, that so, was pretty terrible. Uh, that was no, no, that was that was a solid, <laughs> solid callback. So I Jason Tatum, I think, it gets on the taco truck. I think he's had a he's had a nice week. Uh, like like we've said, there there's no reason to rehash all of that stuff. Uh, Marcus Morris, taco. He's just
1: sure. Why not? Everyone eats after a win.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, he's, he's been consistently good. And I think tonight, look, we got the tweet uh, we got one tweet in here where, uh, I'm going to give this person the right credit, uh, at bill Bradbury, Mook and smart already have achieved taco level performance tonight. So that's, I like, see, I love the fans. They're giving us their taco suggestions. Uh, but does Marcus smart get the taco?
1: Marcus smart I think just for starting the game and bringing that energy and calling out the team for being a bunch of punks I think he deserves a taco yeah
0: see it's
1: oh Andy looked like a smooth pimp uh, after the game uh, against the Mavericks he was wearing this cool green suit yeah. with this sweet matching jewelry oh man he looked like he could beat up iceberg slim he was uh fantastic <laughs> he definitely gets a taco and then I think the last taco recipient I'm gonna give it to uh Al Horford just for tonight's performance alone I thought he played with energy, uh, he had 12 points in the first quarter, a, making threes, which is just always a great to, a sight to see, three or four. But then also he was the he was the main defender on Anthony Davis, who, uh, if it wasn't for the, what was it, 75 free throw attempts he got in the fourth yeah, quarter, right. had a a very pedestrian game. Al Horford had a nice block on him. Um, some other, uh, actually only only one block tonight, but it was did come from Anthony Davis. I just thought he played a a fantastic game after. After some some whispers, not from anyone on this podcast, about maybe him being a step slow, um, <laughs> I thought I thought he deserved a taco. We'll
0: give him a taco. Sure, why not? Uh, that's, that's a good that's a good taco truck. That's a good Taco Tuesday. Uh, We'll wrap it up there. Uh, Again, uh, really appreciate everybody listening. If you're a new listener, hope you've enjoyed this show. We really, really packed a lot into that show. Uh, It's a good Tuesday show for you. So if you are not a subscriber, please subscribe to the podcast. If you are a subscriber, we really need that five-star rating uh, on Apple, iTunes, whatever the hell they call themselves now. Give us that good written review so you let people know. Essentially, this is like a Yelp review for podcasts. People go to those reviews. They really rely on them for their decisions. So give us that written review and that five-star rating so people will make the decision to listen to us. So one last thing, as always, share the podcast, spread the word, tell everybody to listen to the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network.